Hello, everyone. Welcome to the special episode of For the Love of Books podcast, featuring indie and small press authors and their events. I am your host, Emma Polova, and today we will chat with Mark Loeb of Integrity Shows. This is also the first episode in a series about book marketing as well. Mark has been an event guy since the 1980s, focused on the arts and culture. As more authors asked to get into the art fairs, he began offering shared space and major shows for the authors. The Ann Arbor Holiday Art Fair on December 4th and 5th is the third of his shows that features local authors. Welcome, Mark. Thank you so much, Emma. Okay, first of all, tell us about the most recent changes to the Holiday Art Fair due to the spike in COVID cases in Washtenaw County. Well, we're trying to be as cautious as possible so that people feel comfortable and stay safe and healthy. So what we've done is we've expanded from just uh, two very large buildings to three buildings. And that way we were able to uh, spread everything out. So there's five, six, seven feet between each uh, booth. And uh, you know that way people are less likely to catch COVID. So is there a change specifically in the number of booths and where people will be relocated to? On the well, yeah, by going to right, by going to three buildings, we ended up having to move uh, everybody around to make it fit. We have the same number of uh, people that we would have had otherwise, but it's spread out. So the participants should check their emails, right? For the most right. recent changes, good. Yeah. Okay, Mark, what prompted you to create these shared spaces for authors? Well, for years, I was having authors wanting to be part of the art fair, and I'm a passionate reader. I, I you know, I don't even know how many books I read, but uh, uh, there's piles and piles everywhere in the house, like any other book lovers. Um, but we found that when we would put one author into an art fair, they didn't do as well. Uh, what would happen is nobody really would come looking for books. So it was harder sell to get the people talking about it. Plus not everybody loves every book. Let's be real about that. Or so every genre, having, right? Yes, or every exactly. genre of the book. Exactly. So what we thought was if we combine in a single tent, half a dozen authors um, in a larger tent, then there's going to be more variety. And it also gives us enough, uh, well, for better, lack of a better word, real estate, that it makes sense to do some more promotion for books, which helps a lot. So about two years ago, three years ago, we started doing that at our Palmer Park Art Fair with about 20 authors in a large tent, uh, did a lot of readings, which was great because that's one of the ways to really sell books. Yeah, And virtually everybody, I think everybody did really well, better than they expected. Some said that it was better for them than the uh, major book fairs. And I can see that because we had a lot of authors, but we didn't have 200 authors. Right. I know there's a certain limit, you know, what we can expect from people to buy. How many books right. are you going to buy at one event? Sure. Yep. And uh, what we've always done, too, is we've uh, done a two-tier system where an author who's on their first book or maybe has just two books, 
they have a lower rate. Mm -hmm. uh, we give them a discount. And then the authors that have three or more books pay the standard rate okay. because they can afford it because, you know, they can sell multiples. It's tough for the people who are just starting out. So we're trying to do whatever we can to make it easier for them. Okay, Mark. So how many authors do you have this year? And they will be located at the uh, in the author's role. And right. how many authors? Right. We have 40 authors in the Ann Arbor Fair, which is December 4th and 5th. Uh, 25 of them are children's books and illustrated oh, books. Wow, that's a lot perfect. of children's authors. Well, and the great thing about that is a lot of parents will buy three, four or five books, yes. uh, especially right before Christmas. So we felt that that wasn't an overabundance. Oh, and then we have 15 authors that are doing novels, mysteries. Mm -hmm. uh, my friend Barbara Fairfield has a uh, photograph collection book okay. of uh, great jazz artists. Um, mm -hmm. So there's just a, uh, an incredible variety. Uh, something for everybody and a heck of a lot for kids. Yeah, that sounds awesome. So what makes this event unique, the Ann Arbor Holiday Art Fair, and what do you feel sets it apart from other art fairs in the area or maybe in Michigan, in the state of Michigan? Well, I think the timing is very important. There's a lot of craft events this time of year, and those are great for people who are looking for you know, five, 10, $12 items that uh, maybe handicrafted, maybe slightly handicrafted, maybe kit work or something. Sure. But there's definitely people who much prefer art, our high-end craft. And there's not a lot of uh, opportunities this year for the artists to reach them. Okay. Is it so because by, still COVID, right? Because of the looming pandemic? Well, not only COVID, but because art fairs in Michigan tend to be in the summer and a lot of the artists oh, yes. uh, leave Michigan and go down to the Southern uh, shows in Florida. Well, this was a great opportunity because not as many artists are traveling. So some of our favorite Ann Arbor yeah. and area artists were available to be part of this fair. And I think as long as the fair does really well, they're gonna wanna do that every year rather than uh, you know, getting down to Florida before Christmas. So, and for the art lovers, it's just a great opportunity to revisit some of the artists they saw and some of the authors they know and get the right in time for gift giving. Excellent. So how do you feel this year's event compares to the events in the past? Obviously you didn't have one last year. Mm -hmm. but to the ones before, how would you say it's different? Well, of course, there's the uh, spread. Um, I think too, you know, we have a relationship with food gatherers now. And mm -hmm. basically anybody who brings a couple of cans of food gets a voucher good for $2 off of a purchase. So okay. we reward them for bringing a donation. And frankly, if they want to donate that $2 to food gatherers, they can drop it in the bucket or they can use it to save $2 on a purchase. So that's one of the big uh, exciting things. We're working with the Leslie Science Center. They're bringing out a barn owl for people to meet. And um, we also have quite a few make and take activities. Uh, people can make snowflakes, they can make a small snow globe or they can make a dreidel and take that home with them. Uh, Mint Artist Guild, which is a teen artist group out of Detroit, 
Mm -hmm. will be representing a few of the Detroit-based teen artists. So people can uh, help with the Detroit uh, resurgence, uh, get some of that Detroit vibe going, and support a wonderful nonprofit that's doing amazing work. So all these that you have mentioned are your new additions right. to the... Right. We've not had those in the shows in Ann Arbor, and we've not had the authors in the shows in Ann Arbor. Though. Okay, so that's pretty new. That yes. Oh, I love the novelty of this show. I love it. Uh, as Michigan authors, we really appreciate your efforts to group us together in the author's role. How do you accommodate all the other vendors? Do you group them together as well? How do you accommodate everyone is what I'm getting at. How do you accommodate everyone? Well, most of the artists are used to a standard 10 by 10 booth and mm -hmm. that works really well for them. For authors, they don't need that extra space. There, a lot of them are only exhibiting two or three things. And mm -hmm. so they can uh, use a smaller space, which uh, works really well. Uh, since uh, you've seen the site plan, Emma, what we've done is we've created as a big crest instead okay. of just a row with the readings right in the middle. So that as people uh, depart from listening to the readings, they're right there and surrounded by authors. So you will have readings as well? Yes. Uh, right now we've scheduled children's book readings every hour on the hour during the show, which runs from 10 to 6 on Saturday, 11 to 5 on Sunday. And then we haven't got it scheduled yet, but the other authors we're going to have on the half hours. Okay, both days, right? Both days, yep. Okay, that's awesome. Right, and not every author wants to read, as you, you pointed out to me when we were talking earlier, but it is a great way. You were saying that, you know, a big part of what you're trying to do is help authors be more successful. Mm -hmm. Well, frankly, sure. in the same way that we tell the artists, for the authors, the relationship at least when you're starting out is the essential part. You get that relationship going with your readers and they become your advocates and they start selling your books for you, not necessarily in person, but they tell people about how much they love you and how much they love the work. Word of um, mouth, I love it. Word of mouth because people are increasingly reluctant to write reviews. I mean, right. we can't expect everyone to write a review. Or even to trust reviews, frankly. Yes, um, and then the, yeah, the transparency and if you trust them. Yeah, now for the mega authors, it's not, they can't have that one-on-one -on -one relationship, but I believe that that's the way to get things started for both the authors and the artists. People buy art, not necessarily just because they think it's beautiful art, but also because they want the story behind it. They wanna say, uh, for example, this mystery that I just finished was written by a Detroit author who actually was with the police at one point and knows really a lot of details that are missing in some of the other mysteries. I think you'll really love it. Yeah, they but, want to know that story. It makes it more fun, more personal, and it gives a better story when they're talking to their friends. Well, as an author, I can speak to this, that establishing that connection with the readers and eventually your entire tribe, your followers, is mm -hmm. paramount. 
yeah. is paramount. It's for the readers to create an association with the product you're selling. And this helps. This reading and what you're doing for the authors, that helps tremendously. Right, that's all about getting these relationships started. Um, you know, if people wanna shop Target and buy what the small section of books is at Target or the small section of things called art at Target, <laughs> that's not the customer for the authors or the artists that we're talking about. Right. Um, eventually it might be, you know, that, uh, that's where you meet people and those people are the ones that drive your career forward. So if you wanna be in Target eventually, the, you people will get there. Meeting, the people that you're meeting are the ones that are gonna help you get there. The reviews they provide you, the relationships that you develop, it's also very essential and important. How long do you feel, how long does it take to establish this relationship with your readers for an author or for that matter with any artist? How should we go about it? Well, it's tough because a lot of us are introverts. And that's one of the reasons why we go into the arts or into the writing, because we can do that um, without having to be social all the time. So this is a big switch to come out there. And what I tell people is you got to learn to fake it like I do. Frankly, my thing, I, I'm not an extrovert. I, I mean, my thing would be, uh, you know, never be in a crowd, never be in a big group. But that's the way we can get the work done. How um, do you overcome so, this problem? I've heard this on my podcast, on my show, that many artists and authors struggle with this. How would you, what would you recommend to them? How to overcome this, in, this fear of an introvert? Right. Well, when I, there's a couple of things that have really helped me with that. One is I used to volunteer at Ozone House in Ann Arbor, which is a runaway family counseling place. And they taught you to say things like, how does that make you feel? Okay. Well, here's the funny thing about that. It feels canned and artificial when you're learning it. Mm-hmm. But after you get started and you internalize it, it's real. And it's a great way to open up that door. Yes. Yeah. The other thing is um, I used to be in an improv troupe and that was for the same reason. I wanted to learn to be more outgoing and extroverted. And there's okay. a lot of games that you learn when you're learning improv that translate well to the real world. So, um, they help you figure out a way to start a conversation. They help you figure out a way to continue that conversation. And frankly, they could help you a lot as you're writing your book. And one of my favorites is uh, the idea of yes and. Mm -hmm. We all tend to be so negative where something comes up, an idea, and we wanna come up with the 27 reasons why it'll never work. But instead, if you say yes and, and let it run a little bit further. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Saying, you just keep building on yes. And it might get uh, preposterous at one point because, of course, you know, if you can say yes to everything, that won't always work. But even if it gets preposterous, eventually you get to a place that says, oh my God, that's my next chapter. <laughs> that's what I was. Oh, thinking. yes. You're right. You're absolutely mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. And that's uh, use that same thing in the conversations. Um, uh, if somebody comes up and looks at your book and says, well, I don't read mysteries, 
but you do read. You do enjoy novels? Yeah. Well, what do you enjoy about them? I enjoy this, that, the other thing. I like romances. Well, you realize that mysteries often have those elements in them, but they have that extra little bit to keep you hooked on it. You know, or whatever. So they're listening, they're presenting some things, agreeing with what the customer says, and then explaining how their materials fit in with what the customer is looking for. Or frankly, if it doesn't, they could say, you know, next to me is somebody next who's to me got is that you will love. And by supporting your neighbors, they're going to support you. So how would you react? And this is based on my most recent experience from selling this weekend, <laughs> Christmas through low. And I got this answer when I asked, well, what are you a reader? Do you like to read? What do you like to read? And this was one of the responses that I've been getting right. throughout this summer. I only read technical manuals. How would mm -hmm. you respond to that? As an author, how would you respond to it? Well, I think that's a great thing to do because it's so important to keep up on the uh, aspects of your work. And, you know, it's also important to relax a little bit. Uh, what I find is that if I read something that's completely different than what I relate to on work or school, that helps me to relax even more than television. Because on television, you're seeing somebody else's vision. When you're reading a book, you're sharing that vision with the author. Yes. So, I think that something like that could uh, could help them understand that that might be, uh, you know, it might be an important part for them. Or to suggest, especially this time of year, well, I imagine there's some readers in your family. Yeah, gifting, book gifting. Yeah, or, you know, those teenagers that you're getting gifts for, I don't think you're going to give them a scientific technical ma manual. I'm just not sure that that's what they're going to respond to. How about readers who are hooked for a lifetime on a specific author, no yeah. matter who that may be, and they say, or the Bible. Right. I keep getting that a lot. Either well, the Bible, the technical manual, or a specific author. Well, I think that especially difficult for a first-time author who has got one book, because I know a lot of people who say, well, I don't want to read this book and be waiting for the next one for three years. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So I think that, um, that that helps authors who have more than one book, clearly, because they're already getting people connected. So, I mean, how do you? If somebody's only reading the Bible, they're probably not really coming over to talk to you because they've already gotten their, their, their fix. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I couldn't resist. I had to no. ask you, you're the expert. I wanted to talk about this because I know right. fellow authors are struggling mm -hmm. with this. They don't know, know how to I respond. Know. It's an overwhelming answer that we've been getting. Right. Well, for example, I enjoy Tony Hillerman and the entire Southwest series that he does and some other people do. I'm a reader. I'm out of them. I'm out. I got, oh, I got yeah. out to read something else, you know? So oh, I only read, what if I have see, to wait for that author? Right. Unless you're only reading James Patterson, who has 16 authors writing his work, I think, if I'm understanding correctly, you're going to run out of work, out of things to read, unless you uh, find new authors. And I'd suggest people do that before they 
uh, are desperate to find a new book. <laughs> You know? That's a good suggestion. <laughs> Do your research before you run out. <laughs> right. And somebody could tell me also, you know, Tony Hellerman got his start in the same way I am doing. And by people like you buying my book and supporting me, perhaps someday people are going to be saying, hey, you know, I only read Mark Loeb, which since I'm not an author would probably be a problem. But... <laughs> I like variety. I have to say, I like variety in everything and yeah. in books as well. That's a great thing to tell people too. Yeah. So what other arts will be represented at the Ann Arbor Holiday Art Fair? Other, we've talked about books and book marketing strategy, yeah. which is very important, but applies to other, other arts as well. Right. And some of the things that make great gifts, for example, uh, we have a good amount of ceramic artists, mugs, teapots, things like that. That's an affordable gift that somebody would appreciate. And every day when they wake up and pick up that mug, they'll think of you. So that's a wonderful way to, to give a gift. Um, same thing with paintings and photographs. If somebody mm -hmm. puts it up at the house, you're a part of their story of why that thing is there. And we have all those. Uh, we also have, um, you know, items that people want for themselves. Because frankly, I don't know about you, but when I go out holiday shopping, I end up buying a few things for myself too. Here, so do, <laughs> same uh, here. So we do have a great, uh, we have, uh, I think, uh, 12 or 13 jewelers. They're always oh, very popular wow. at the show and mm -hmm. they're always in many different directions. You know, anything from a small beaded piece to a custom made uh, molded uh, gold piece is there. And, you know, so there's, uh, you can feel good about it. You can buy this $10 piece for your uh, mother-in-law and oh, the one next to it, which is $112, I'll buy that for myself. <laughs> so we won't have any problems finding unique jewelry for either right. ourselves or our mother-in-laws. Right, exactly. and. You know, as I mentioned earlier, Mint, you can buy artwork from teen artists who may become really popular and famous in the long run, get it while they're affordable. And <laughs> you also get that story that this was an artist from Detroit, 16 year old going to high school there. And they're in this program to help them learn a way to get a career in the arts. And I'm helping them by supporting them and making this purchase. So Mark, tell us the story behind this event, behind the Ann Arbor Holiday Art Fair. What is the big story behind this great event? Well, that's a good question. Um, really, it comes down to a lot of artists and authors looking for ways to uh, connect with their customers this time of year. There's not as many opportunities. And this year, even though the shows were back, I don't think everybody did quite as well. Some of them did even better. Some of them didn't do as well. So it's important for them to be able to make a little bit boost to get them through till the next show season. Yeah. So that's the main reason why we felt that it was essentially uh, important for this year. Um, in the long run, I believe that this is just gonna become more and more of a holiday tradition something that people who enjoy the arts, who enjoy uh, literary works, 
uh, will look for each year as a way of sharing that joy with the people they're buying gifts with for. Yes. So what are your hopes and expectations from this year's event, from this upcoming event next weekend, scheduled for next weekend? Well, I'm hoping that people who really enjoy writers and artists will be out there and will support those people. You know, how do I become more successful? It's by helping as many people as possible become successful. So if I can help authors to be successful and they wanna come back and I can help artists to be successful and they wanna come back, then I'm developing a business model that's sustainable, that's going to support a lot of people and be rewarding for me. Couldn't agree more. Before we do our parting shots, I would like to thank our sponsors, Doc Chavent and Digital Quill Services for Writers with author Colleen Nye. And now parting shots from each one of us. Mark, you first. Well, I hope to see you out there. And when you come out, please bring a couple of cans or a few boxes for uh, food gatherers so we can help feed our neighbors. And I'll reward you with $2 to spend on a, the author of your choice. Excellent. And my parting shouts are buy indie, read indie, and write indie. Keep your fingers on the keyboard and your butt in the chair. And yes. see you at the Ann Arbor Holiday Art Fair next weekend. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Emma. You got great advice there at the end. Thank you. Take care.